From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. If you or someone you care about is considering weight loss surgery, also called bariatric surgery, there's a lot to consider. We have with us today an assistant professor of surgery who specializes in weight loss surgery, Dr. Jesse Gutnick. Welcome. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. So let's talk about what things are important for someone who's thinking about weight loss surgery, because it's a definitely a life-changing decision that they have to make. What, what, are, what do they have to be prepared for long-term? Well, I think there's really two things that people need to think about, um, and they're both equally important. The first is, um, are they someone that would qualify for weight loss surgery? And um, you can look this up online, but really the main indications are, do you have a height and weight that um, is high enough? And then that's calculated by something called the BMI. And is that high enough to sort of qualify for weight loss surgery? Because it's not for someone who needs to lose 20 pounds. Correct. And um, you should be able to figure that out by talking with your family doctor and those measurements that are there or checking online. Um, so that's sort of the, the one side of things. The other one is, is this something you're interested in ready for from a personal and family perspective? Because it is a big life change. So um, talk to me about that. What do you have to be ready for? It, just because of the surgery and planning things out or what does it do to your life afterward? Yeah. So I, I, I would say that if you do sort of are starting to think about it, one of the things that all programs offer are seminars to kind of discuss this in much more detail than we have time for today. But first of all, it's the surgery itself. You need to be ready to spend that time and undergo that operation and recovery from it. So you need to be able in a place where you are able to go through that process. Um, and then there's uh, a lifelong change to the way you eat afterwards. Lifelong, be meaning um, you're going to be eating less uh, than you're used to, that you've been used to your whole life. So um, what about... Exactly. And, and many patients say, well, isn't that the point? Why would I need to sort of think about that? And I think some of the reasons are often some of our most important family functions or other functions are centered around food. And so... Um, some people, um, that have some difficulty afterwards are often expressed. That's one of the biggest difficulties. Um, like it took me time to work with my friends who were surprised that I wasn't eating as much, et cetera, et cetera, things like that. That's gotta be hard to think about and predict whether that's going to be difficult for you. It, it can be. So one of the wonderful things about how, um, weight loss surgery is, set up is that during the evaluation process, we explore all of these different um, issues with the patient. And it's not just a visit with a surgeon, but it's really a visit with a whole team. So you see not only a surgeon beforehand, but you see a um, registered dietitian who's somebody that specializes in nutrition multiple times before surgery and multiple times after surgery. Um, also, depending on your needs, you get um, sort of the comprehensive evaluation by other kinds of physicians that might need to kind of get you ready for surgery, and you have that whole support system afterwards. So often these issues are sort of explored beforehand, and if something comes up afterwards, you sort of have that team to deal with it. But it's still something that people need to sort of be ready for mentally, and um, the vast majority of people are, but not everyone is, and that's why those are some of the important things. 
Are the patients that um, seek surgery, are, they, are these people for whom this diet and exercise just isn't working? Yeah, and the common story for most people is that diet and exercise did work for a short period of time, and then they typically gain weight back, sometimes more, frequently more. Okay. And this has often been a cycle over several years. Almost none of my patients have come come in, and, and it's the first time they've thought about seeing a weight loss surgeon. Often they've been thinking about it for several years, tried working with their physician with some uh, medications that help with weight loss, and those have been either moderately successful or not successful, and are looking to see if there's another option. So it's not at all about appearances. Um, it's it, this can be like a life-saving surgery too, right? In some for some patients. Uh, well, theoretically, for most of our patients. So the reason that those thresholds that I talked about with the BMI were chosen is above that is when you start really seeing people's lives shortened by the effects of obesity. And those are often diabetes, high blood pressure, heart problems, lung problems, these kinds of things. And so um, when people undergo bariatric surgery, the, the goal is to improve all of those other health issues, number one, because it improves or it lengthens the most people's life but then also secondarily, the goal is to improve all those to improve their quality of life. So things like joint pain or taking fewer medications. Diabetes. For many people, that's one of the biggest um, reasons that they seek weight loss surgery is to decrease the number of diabetes medications they take or to change it from an injectable type of medicine to a pill, something like that. Um, with women, do you see fertility being something that they desire too? That this would improve fertility if they undergo the surgery? or Yeah, there's some data that suggests that fertility is improved. Um, that's not what we have the strongest data in. Oh. Probably the strongest data, uh, looking at people over the long term, uh, is the improvement in diabetes and um, hyperlipidemia, which is too much cholesterol in your blood. Well, I want to ask you about um, the surgery, but let me re remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Jesse Gutnick, an assistant professor of surgery at Upstate. So there's different ways to do this operation. Um, how do you decide which method is best for each individual patient? Well, almost everybody um, has surgery performed laparoscopically. Um, so so that's small incision? So that's multiple small incisions instead of that traditional single long incision down the middle of the abdomen. Okay. Um, and really bariatric surgery has been done this way for over 10 years now, very, very successfully. Okay. Um, there are several different uh, operations that can be chosen, and we try to tailor those um, around the particular patient. Sometimes that's tailored by what their other health issues are, and some of that is, the, is what the patient is really interested in. So many patients come in with some friends or some family members that have had really great success with a particular operation, and because of that, they're very interested in that one. And as long as there's no reason not to do that operation for that patient, um, we, work, we tend to do what that is. But sometimes there are some specific health issues that make one a better choice than another. Okay, so you go over all that with each? 
Yeah, so that's that's a big part of the evaluation is seeing where the particular patient's coming from, and but from a personal perspective, and seeing where they are from a medical perspective, and trying to match those up for a plan for each individual patient. So there's the gastric bypass and a sleeve gastrectomy. How do those differ? So those are the two most commonly performed operations in the United States. Um, the sleeve gastrectomy involves uh, the removal of a portion of the stomach so that the stomach is turned into a tube, and that's why it's called the sleeve. It looks like a, you can imagine a sleeve, and okay. a shirt looks like a tube. Um, and that works two ways. One, you eat a little bit less because the stomach's a little bit smaller. Um, the other one is you remove uh, a portion of the stomach that actually is a hormonally active part of the stomach. and that part of the stomach makes a hormone called ghrelin, and that is a hormone that signals you that you're hungry. And so by removing that, um, it changes or modulates your some of the hormones that are working in your body that um, are related to um, uh, uh, hunger and feeling satiated, and then also some of the hormones that affect your management of the, the overall body weight. Okay. What, uh, what are the success rates like? How, how many patients end up gaining weight back after surgery? Because it's, it, it's hard to eat, overeat, right? You're not physically able to overeat. So the success rates um, vary, and there's really three factors. The, um, the first factor is what operations chosen. Um, the different operations have, just by their nature of how they work, have are almost you can imagine them like a stronger medicine or a less strong medicine and so they work a little differently and some sort of have a stronger effect than others the second one is um, what is the genetics of the particular patient there are some people as we all know that you can see eat uh, whatever they want whenever they want and never seem to gain weight and there are some people that don't that eat very healthy and tend to gain weight and the same is true after weight loss surgery. Some people respond to the operation more strongly than others. And so that has an effect. And then the third one is making um, lifestyle changes. So one of the most important things we work with patients uh, once they've had the surgery is ensuring that they're on an ongoing basis making the changes that they need to to make the most of their operation so that it's lasting and that it's part of a total change in their lifestyle towards a healthier one. Do they try to, um, do you have patients make some of those lifestyle changes before the surgery just to see if they, I don't know, can live with it? Yeah. So some of them, we work very hard with them to make beforehand and some of them are, might be difficult to do beforehand. So a dramatic increase in the amount of exercise, uh, often may not be possible beforehand. Um, but we try to get people on a more of a scheduled pattern of doing some exercise so that they're used to that schedule at not necessarily going out and doing a dramatic increase in the quantity because it may not be possible. Often people have a lot of joint pain and things like that, and that's the reasons that they're coming to see you um, because they are have limit in their mobility and things like that. But what we try to do is set them up for success. So working very carefully with our uh, registered dietitians to make the uh, 
uh, food choice and eating habit changes that will help them get success with the surgery initially and set them up for success over the long term. How quickly after surgery does the weight come off? Do you, do you leave the hospital lighter than when you came in, or does it happen that fast? Well, you only leave the hospital a couple days later, so you usually haven't lost any weight in the first 48 hours. Um, people uh, often have quite dramatic weight loss in the first couple of weeks. Um, part of that's just because we get them started on a very low-calorie diet. Um, and then that continues through the, really through the first year. And um, it's, we see the people back on a very regular basis in that first year um, to make sure that they're on their way to their goals and that they're staying healthy on their way to their goals. After about one or two years tends to be what we call the nadir, which is the low point of where people tend to be. So wherever you sort of settle out, that tends to be where you're going to be at after about a year and a half to two years. There's a few patients that continue to lose a little bit of weight, um, typically because they sort of get the exercise bug and have made such a change to their lifestyle that they're exercising like wild, and they may continue to lose weight. But for most people, that tends to be where they're at. Well, good. And Very so nice. at that point, we follow people up still on a regular basis, but less frequently. Less frequently. Because it's, um, we're just looking to make sure that they're still doing well over time and picking up if, if things are changing. Well, this has been very helpful. Thanks for being here. My guest has been Assistant Professor of Surgery, Dr. Jesse Gutnick. I'm Amber Smith for the podcast and talk show produced by Upstate, HealthLink on Air.